0: Welcome to Lillipod, Episode 12, Divorce Stories.
1: Jeff and Kathy Tykert bringing you another episode of Lillipod, which is a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships.
0: Today we are talking about divorce stories and how they impact our lives and our future relationships.
1: Yeah, we wanted to begin with two brief stories uh where two different people in two different marriages were confronted with difficult situations and both were in pain for a period of time but with very different outcomes so two painful situations but two very different outcomes the first is a man that i know who actually a family member of mine told me i should talk to when I was going through my divorce from my kid's mom. And this guy had one of the worst divorce stories I had ever heard. Uh, he was accused of things, he was prevented from seeing his children. And not only that, he was living thousands of miles away from friends and family uh, on the East Coast. His family is from Utah. And and that's where he grew up and, and had lots of long-term relationships. And so he was stuck out there and yet um, no, no uh, meaningful interaction with his children. And he was understandably very bitter about that. And at first, it was therapeutic for me to talk to him because we both had similar um uh, things happen, and we, I mean, I was never accused of anything, but we both had feelings of rejection and lots of things like that, and we could commiserate about it, but this particular friend is still commiserating many years later, and uh, I mean, we're talking almost a decade now, I think, uh, for him, because he was divorced before I was. Still rarely goes on a date, still has not recovered career and financial-wise, and is continually a depressed and unhappy person. The other story, uh, Kathy remembers this because she was a tiny part of it, but uh, one time my son and I were both, we were driving together up to Rexburg, Idaho, where we both had dates that weekend with BYU co-eds. Mine was uh, actually someone who had gone back to school after a divorce, and was working toward becoming a seminary teacher. She had also one of the worst divorce stories I had ever heard. Out of compassion, she had allowed a friend of hers that had just had a painful divorce herself uh, move in to their house because she didn't have a job, and she couldn't afford bills, and And that woman ended up having an affair with her husband and breaking up their marriage. And her husband, who was in the bishopric at the time, ultimately left the church and his family and more or less was completely out of the picture. Great sense of betrayal there. This particular woman, though, uh, chose to... By the way, the reason Kathy was a part of that story is because I took her to lunch for her birthday on my way up to meet this other lady. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, you need to mention how I was involved, <laughs> which was very little. <laughs> I was just on the way.
1: Yeah, and at that time, we were in we were in the friend zone. We were not dating, so she knew that I was on my way to a different date and uh, didn't know the details. But anyway, those were the details. In any case this particular woman chose to look back on her marriage and her former husband as basically a good man and that her friend had been attracted to a good man and seeing how a good man actually treated his wife and that she had sort of been almost irresistibly drawn to that and she said you know we had a great 13 or 14 years or whatever it was that they were together and she she basically said I I choose to look back on my marriage as happy and of course I hurt terribly over the way it ended but I'm going to move on and try to find that happiness again and she has moved on she's remarried you know she's gotten the career she wants and and so I see those outcomes as directly pertaining to the way that the two people involved managed their thoughts around the divorce. So I would pose the question, and I'll I'll let Kathy chime in here too, but what, what are divorce stories?
0: Well, we all create stories based on the perceptions we have of experiences we've had. And those stories can either spin us in a direction that is degrading to our self-worth and to our hope for the future, or we can choose to see things in a way that will elevate the situation. Now, of course, we're going to grieve when we have loss and that is healthy and that's wise, but if we go beyond the natural grieving process that is authentic and real into stories that spin us out of control, that's when we start doing ourselves a disservice.
1: Right. You know, we all like a great love story. The silver screen is full of them. You know, every year new movies are, are made about love, finding love in unusual places and things like this, and seeing an improbable couple Uh, come together and those are fun movies and they're heartwarming. Well, I think a divorce story is the opposite of a great love story. It is a story of pain and misery and betrayal and that sort of thing. And it is instead of, it is giving a meaning to something that happened that is um, depressing and sad. Now, I mean, I, I, I don't think either Kathy or I is suggesting that we look at a divorce uh, right off the bat and say that was for the best or that was good or, or that was fun. I'd love to get divorced again <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. It is really more uh, about the meaning we, we give it. And Here are several examples of divorce stories. My wife broke her covenants. My husband was a large child. Even though I wanted to keep our family together, my wife insisted on splitting up our family over nothing. My husband was a narcissist. My wife did not love me. My husband was controlling. My wife was manipulative. My husband decided his video games and his porn were more important than me. And I ask any divorcees in our audience to reflect on the question, have you found yourself telling these kinds of stories, repeating these kinds of statements to sympathetic friends? Divorce stories are the judgments we make about the, the facts and situations. It may be a fact that your former dating partner ended a relationship with you. For example, uh, here are some stories you might tell yourself, he does not love me. You might say, well, that's a fact. Well, is it really? Can, can we really say that we understand whether someone else has certain emotions or not? Uh, it's debatable. It's, it's not a fact. She wanted to be a player more than develop something meaningful with one person. Again, generally, that's an interpretation we're reading into the situation. I was not worth building a relationship with. Sometimes we can make it about ourselves. He did not find me attractive enough. I'm an empath, and I always attract narcissists. My partner is gaslighting. Now this one is one of my pet peeves. When someone disagrees with your opinion about an interpretation of the facts, that does not mean he or she is gaslighting. Gaslighting is when a partner tries to convince you that you're crazy for believing in an objective truth. In other words, it was really hot that day. No, it wasn't. It was actually chilly.
0: Well, and even that isn't a perception. It actually, right. the fact would be what it was—the temperature. It
1: was seventy-two degrees. Couldn't have been seventy-two degrees. I never wear a jacket when it's seventy-two degrees, and I was wearing a
0: jacket. Right.
1: You know, so that, that would be the
0: thing. fact that would be non-disputable. Would be the temperature.
1: Right, and all of these stories that we've told so far, these statements are examples of stories that we tell, and I want to suggest that in the church there's a lot of shame associated with divorce. And we're especially eager, I think, as Latter-day Saints, not to be at fault or not to be seen as being at fault by other people, by ourselves, by our church leaders, whoever.
0: You know, I was just thinking today about shame and how completely useless it is. It's so unhelpful, and it's only really harmful and damaging. Shame turned inward or outward, really.
1: Right. Right, for sure. I mean, and and I'm not saying we shouldn't feel guilt. If you cheated on your husband or wife, you probably should feel guilty about that. Uh, but the question really is, are you saying I made a mistake or are you saying I am a mistake?
0: Right. And, and guilt, shame is
1: I am a mistake.
0: And guilt will lead to positive change right. rather than feeling stuck in this worthless situation.
1: Right. I mean shame would be I am I was not worth building a relationship with and that's why he or she ended our relationship. Um, I made a mistake is is a, a different matter. That then you can still see yourself as a worthwhile child of God who is imperfect and made made a mistake and
0: has the power to change.
1: Exactly. And but but we have a lot of shame surrounding divorce as church members and and I think even to ourselves, we don't ever want to admit that we were at fault. We want it to be the other person's fault because the consequences are so vast. And it, it hits, I mean, divorce hits at the most tender, sensitive things in our lives. And so I think there's an impetus in our culture and in our larger American culture, but particularly in the church, not to be seen as being at fault. Now, we might need to process by talking, by sharing with other friends who are sympathetic or who've been through it, uh, to, to talk through the situation and release trauma. There's a real danger in getting stuck in that place. And that's something we want to talk about today, because even if the story is keeping us in pain, which many of our stories are, you know, my my wife broke her covenants, my husband was a large child, I wanted to keep our family together, and I can't believe it turned out like this. Well, even if those kinds of, of thoughts are keeping us in pain, we tend to hold on to the stories and remain stuck. Because at least that story in our minds gives the loss some meaning. And we, our minds desperately want to give meaning to the events in our lives. And Viktor Frankl wrote about that in Man's Search for Meaning. And he, he gave very positive meanings to some of the things he was going through. And the Nazi concentration camps where he almost died. He thought about himself giving lectures to large groups of students about how you can choose your thoughts. And that's something we're we're gonna talk about uh, more in this podcast. And
0: he's such a wonderful example, really, to all of us of the kind of work we can do in our own minds, no matter what our circumstance is.
1: Right, and, and we can give meanings to events but we want to give meanings that are not going to keep us perpetually in pain. And, you know, in the beginning, we need to process our pain, like I said, but but the danger is in getting stuck there and being too married to those stories. Jesus said in John 8:32, the truth shall set you free. And so question what is truth the prophet joseph smith answered this in through a revelation in doctrine covenants 93 24 and 25 and truth is knowledge of things as they are as they were and as they are to come and whatsoever is more or less than this is the, spirit, is the spirit of that wicked one who was a liar from the beginning. I've quoted that scripture numerous times on this podcast in the past, but I think it bears repeating because it's, it's telling us to separate the facts from our stories, from our interpretations, from the more or less than this, from the way we explain, uh, because the truth is the facts the explanation of who's at fault is the meaning we're giving it
0: right so truth is facts without judgments and judgments are what keep us in pain
1: right our judgment of the facts is what keeps us in pain I know in my own experience, and Kathy can chime in on this for herself as well, but for me, deciding it no longer mattered who was at fault in my divorce was a big step toward forgiveness, letting go, and finding peace. And I think the reason for that is once I let go of the need to blame someone, well, we were back to the facts because regardless of who, of who was at fault or who you can blame for this or that thing and how it came apart, the fact is we weren't together anymore, and that was the fact.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think sometimes people are really hard on themselves and they blame themselves <laughs> for a lot of it. And even though I, I know you mentioned that we don't want to be seen as having faults, and of course, yes, we all have our egos. Um, but I think that there's some people who might actually tend to take the blame, and maybe more than they should. And I think no matter which which way that you go with the way you interpret or perceive your own relationship loss, I think that it's important at some point to see yourself saying. this person did some things. I did some things. These are some of the things we did that didn't work and include yourself and the other person in that scenario, because really it's, I it's, I think it's very rare that it's one sided. Now, of course, sometimes it's, it is more one person than the other, but that's really a judgment that none of us can really totally make.
1: Right. I, I think the idea that, um, that we have to blame someone is, is unfortunate, uh, in our, in our culture.
0: Um, well, and I wasn't even referring to let's equally judge each other. I'm talking about just being able to assess the situation in a way that is wise. That allows us to learn and even handed and fair and, and does allow us to learn and grow and be a better partner in the future.
1: Right. Yeah, I I I think we're not suggesting that you won't give meaning to the events that led up to your divorce or to the things that occurred in your family. I think what we're suggesting is that by shifting our thinking about the way we think about them and attaching a different meaning, we can we can get unstuck. Well, and our, pain.
0: and our stories can become more empowering on purpose.
1: Right. I, uh, a few thoughts on this. What if you just believe the other person's explanation? In other words, you know, if, if somebody breaks up with you uh, or if you got divorced and, and your spouse uh, said certain things about why they wanted the divorce, what if you just believed them? What if you believed in an interpretation that is less painful? For example, instead of she doesn't love me, how about she isn't ready? That would apply to dating. Instead of my husband was a large child, how about my husband found the job market and raising children overwhelming? One of those thoughts is compassionate and feels a little bit less harsh. The other one feels bitter, doesn't it? feels hard instead of my wife broke up our marriage over nothing how about she did what she thought was best one of those assumes good intent even if we don't agree with what she did uh, you know knowing that she thought did what she thought was best uh, assumes good intent whereas she broke up our marriage over nothing um, is a very forlorn and lonely statement. Instead of, I can't believe things turned out this way, what about things haven't turned out yet and I have a chance for a fresh start at marriage with all of the knowledge and experience I've gained. And I, you know, that was one of the thoughts that really helped me when I started to recover uh, from my own divorce trauma, which took me a lot longer than I hope it takes you. And I hope that my experience can help be guiding, but you may not have wanted your divorce and you may not have chosen it. It may not have been the outcome you preferred. And I think oftentimes in, in our faith, we have pain because even if nobody really told us this, we always believed that if we were good and we did what we were supposed to, and kept the commandments the best we could and so forth, that we'd be blessed. And how could I be blessed by getting divorced? And I think there is a real sense in our mid-singles community, a deep sense of disappointment and a real sense that something has gone terribly wrong for me to be in this situation. And I felt that way. Very much felt that way when I, I was going through it.
0: I did too. And you know, I just wanted to comment on I can't believe things turned out this way. The things turned out this way part is indicating that things have turned out, that that your life is over. And it felt like that when I got divorced. It right. very much did. And it's a lie because it's not even part of the truth. Right. In any shape, way, shape, or form, our lives are not over our eternity is not over. And yet I think that I I, I, would, I would imagine most people who've gotten divorced felt at least that for a little bit.
1: Yeah. What if you tried on the idea that this divorce was supposed to happen to prepare me for a newer and better love? And I think that that is the way things turned out for Kathy and I. And
0: and if we could go back and tell ourselves at that time what we could look forward to, wouldn't it have been so much easier?
1: Yeah. There's something wonderful waiting for me on the other side of this. And, uh, you know, it's almost magical in a way because at the time I married my first wife, Kathy, wasn't of dating age um, and not an option for me to date back then, but but after my former wife and I were divorced, Kathy and I were both middle-aged and uh, both in the same kind of situation divorce wise. And we were prepared for a better, a better love. For sure.
0: And I, I remember actually telling myself that I had something great to look forward to. I didn't always believe it in, especially if I had a, a negative dating experience, or although most of my experiences were positive, sometimes I just got frustrated that I wasn't finding that right fit for myself yet. And yet I had to keep adding that yet and adding that, okay, maybe not yet, but it's coming and it will come. And I had to believe it. And I think that's part of creating what we do want.
1: The first friend I mentioned in this broadcast Um, if I were to tell him, why don't you try to think things haven't turned out yet and I have a chance for a fresh start at marriage with all the knowledge and experience I've gained, he might give some lip service to that, but typically his comments on such things was, well, yeah, life's just a big juicy peach, isn't it? You know, and, uh. It was kind of like if you dare to be a little optimistic you're full of it and but that that attitude that that mindset is what has kept him stuck and miserable while many others have moved on as i did and found love again and started intentional marriages And, you know, if Kathy and I hadn't been divorced, we wouldn't have started Love in Later Years. We wouldn't be doing this podcast and trying to minister to mid-singles. So
0: And really caring because we've been there. Right. You know, I, I was just thinking about how anyone who might be in that friend situation where they've spent 10 years telling a divorce story that doesn't serve them. It would be very difficult to jump from that into a positive frame of mind, but it's possible. It just takes time. And I would want to refer our listeners back to episode 11, where we outline a format for separating out facts from stories in order to elevate our emotions and raise our energy to naturally change our behaviors and ultimately our outcomes.
1: Yeah, Kathy, you know, when I was going through this, I had all kinds of explanations for why my wife decided the things she did, for why she wanted what she wanted. I believed she had gone through a doozy of a midlife crisis. Uh, There were all kinds of things that I explained to anyone who would listen for a while and it's very easy to get stuck in those. And you know, after you've been with your former spouse a decade and a half or so, you can really feel like you've got a PhD in that person. And sometimes it takes a little time and distance to be able to say, well, whatever the truth of what I've been saying and what I've been believing, The fact is now I'm single, now I'm divorced. My kids are perhaps back and forth between two households and it's really better and healthier for us to focus on how am I going to deal with the world that I'm confronted with? Not the one I wish I was confronted with, but the one that is.
0: And make the best of the situation you are in, the reality that you have.
1: Right. And, you know, some people may look at you like you have three heads if you say things haven't turned out yet and I have a chance for a fresh start at marriage with all the knowledge and experience I've gained. There are people who undoubtedly would say, well, that's kind of a callous way to look at a divorce. I think it's a healthy way to look at a divorce. I think
0: most people actually really admire that and respect it.
1: Right. Because it's
0: making an intentional effort to see things in a way that is helpful.
1: Right. And I I reiterate, and I'm sure Kathy feels the same, that we're not telling you not to grieve. We're not telling you that you should just feel like your divorce was water off a duck's back. There are times in our lives when we choose to grieve and we feel you know it makes us feel good in a way to grieve because it meant something to us this person that we're divorcing from and so yes it it makes sense to grieve but we need to realize that number one that emotion comes from our thoughts and number two it is a choice it is not something that is just sort of thrust upon us. And we, are, we learn in the scriptures that we are meant to act and not be acted upon. Right. Um, in Romans, the Apostle Paul said, this is chapter 12. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think about that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind renewing of your mind by saying things uh, and adopting beliefs like life hasn't turned out yet and i have a chance for a fresh start at marriage with all the knowledge and experience i've gained is that renewal of your thoughts of your mind and will that transform you as a person. I believe it will, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so your life can become a living testimony of the goodness of God uh, if we can change our thoughts around the things that we consider to be misfortunes. And Kathy, how, how did your you changing your thoughts affect the way that you recovered from your divorce?
0: Oh my goodness. Well, when I got sick of hearing my story, the story that like you, I told everyone who could listen would listen, when I got really sick of that and I decided to start saying things differently, seeing things differently, I I tur- I just turned it around gradually, I think, mm-hmm. over time. And I did it without the framework of our FCBO model that we introduced in episode eleven. And had right, I known, that clarity. Right. And had I known that process, I think I would have figured my way out a lot faster.
1: I mean, I can see a big change in both of us even over the last year as we've been trying to apply these principles. We've both just been calmer people. Mm-hmm.
0: You- yeah, well, and happier. More, I would say more, more clear, actually more clear on, okay, what can I do about the situation in my own mind and what can I just let go of because it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Another thing I was going to say on that is I think less anxiety Mm -hmm. and that segues into this scripture that I wanted to read. It's one of my favorites in second timothy 1 7 for god hath not given us the spirit of fear which is also anxiety right but of power of love and what of a sound mind a sound mind uh, of course is a mind that isn't burdened with a lot of judgments and stories and interpretations of the world that are leading us uh, in into pain, and I think even where we we choose to experience pain, if I choose to experience pain over the death of a loved one or over a divorce, I can look at that pain and say and and think, yes, I'm feeling the pain of loss, the the, the pain of a huge transition in my life. I think that is authentic pain the pain where we load it down with all kinds of judgments my husband was a gaslighting narcissist my wife was crazy and manipulative you know those kinds of things Um, I
0: really don't even like hearing those (laughs) I (laughs) mean because it just it it drags us down right
1: right and once you're divorced what's the point why try to cure a disease that isn't gonna be cured.
0: It's true.
1: Um, one last scripture passage, and I, I have uh, also referred to this on this program before, but I think it is particularly applicable. In Jacob, we read Jacob rebuking many of the Nephite brethren And he says, ye have broken the hearts of your tender wives and lost the confidence of your children because of your bad examples before them. And the sobbings of their hearts ascend up to God against you. And because of the strictness of the word of God, which cometh down against you, many hearts died, pierced with deep wounds. So, So he's talking to some people here that are very, that are emotionally broken that are feeling feeling a lot of pain. And how does he tell them to deal with this pain? Jacob 3.1, but behold, I, Jacob, would speak unto you that are pure in heart. First thing he says to them, look unto God with firmness of mind and pray unto him with exceeding faith and he will console you in your afflictions. When I think about firmness of mind, I think about faith, relying on the Lord's promises, having the faith to believe in his gifts and his tender mercies. Jacob continues, O all ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God. Now notice he says, Lift up your heads. This this lifting up Our heads is like, I mean, I've even heard Tony Robbins talk about how if you're slumped over, you're depressed, how does it make you feel different just to look up? If you think about it, it's kind of like looking heavenward, but he tells them, lift up your heads, which is kind of a transforming of your thoughts. Lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God and feast upon his love for ye may how if your minds are firm forever i believe this thought work that we are talking about is scriptural that we're taught to have firm minds that are grounded in faith even when we pass through things that feel painful even when we choose to grieve or feel pain Uh, Adjusting our thoughts, keeping our minds firmly planted uh, in our faith and trusting in the Lord's promises will give us hope when we feel hopeless.
0: Right. You know, I'd like to finish up this podcast with a question. Do you know someone going through a divorce? People experiencing that kind of loss need unassuming support. We can offer compassion rather than judgment, keeping in mind that whoever we're talking to is only telling one divorce story, and it is their perspective, and we can honor and respect that without making up judgments in our own minds about it. Um, We can also focus on kindness rather than curiosity, because we can all let curiosity get the best of us and want to know what happened, but really we'll never know. We weren't part of that marriage. Even the people in the marriage don't don't know everything. I
1: don't see it the same way.
0: They don't see it the same way. Uh, they they see it with their own lens, and uh, and hopefully over time we will develop a lens that is good for them. Um, but we can just forget the curiosity and focus on being kind and unassuming um, in terms of judgment and. And then last but not least, we can assume good intent. And that assumption can be that we we uh, respect that the couple did everything they knew how to, to, to create the kind of marriage they wanted and it didn't work out. And sometimes divorces as what Amy B. Singer said in episode 10, we, she referred to it as the most loving thing. Sometimes divorce is the most loving thing. And if we can see it that way, it's easier to move forward.
1: Yeah, very important. Remember that any time is the right time for more love in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Love in Later Years, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Subscribe to LilyPod to get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, share with those you love. For more information about our organization and services, visit loveinlateryears.com.